Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 47 of McChesney Unchained. I am your host, Matt McChesney, as always, coming to you from 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Football Academy, the bridge as we call this place. Uh, check it out at 60strength.com or at 6-0 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. As always, okay, our, uh, our, our, our show here, episode 47 of McChesney Unchained, is brought to you by our good friends at 10th and Uni. Check out 10thanduni.com, and they'll get you set up with any and all buff gear. It's incredible stuff. I don it damn near every day. Uh, so check it out. Use the promo code buff, buff Club, and you'll get a nice little discount. Like I said, we are coming to you from 6-0 Strength and Fitness, 6-0 Football Academy, 6-0 Studios, The Dungeon. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about today, from the Colorado Buffaloes and their loss to the Air Force Academy in overtime, to the Denver Broncos and their loss to the Bears at Empower Field on the last play of the game and, and how, how long a second really is, uh, five holding penalties, uh, so on and so forth. There's a whole lot to get into. Of course, the entire NFL, uh, from Antonio Brown uh, to the Dolphins being probably the worst team I've ever seen in the entirety of my life. Um, we have a lot to discuss on episode 47 of McChesney Unchained, so don't go anywhere. But we're also not going to bullshit you and try and keep you here all day. This is going to be wham, bam, thank you episode, and we're rolling. Okay, so like I said, this is episode 47, and we are going. First and foremost, college football. There was no ranked matchups all weekend, but there were good games. Iowa-Iowa State was a really good game after they had a nine-hour weather delay. Um it, there were good contests all over all over the country of teams playing hard. You know, Eastern Michigan gets another win over a, a Big Ten team as they go to Illinois and win. It, there were upsets everywhere, including the one in Folsom. And, you know, it, I don't really know how I feel about it, man. If you're going to lose to somebody, I guess the Air Force Academy, and that's a huge win for Coach Calhoun and everybody down there in the Springs. And I know a lot of those guys. There's a ton of Dungeon family down in Colorado Springs and Coach Knorr's always here recruiting and I you know I know how hard it is to be a cadet to be to be a uh, an airman and 
they work so damn hard and they're warriors first they're they're soldiers first and then they're football players you know they go to training camp and then they go do you know pt runs in full pack gear with a fucking ar-15 strapped to their chest if you think you had a hard day so i knew that 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 they were going to be that way i just didn't expect cu to sleepwalk for three quarters and they've got to figure this out. And it's not on the coaches, man. It's, it's on the coaches to figure it out, but it's on the players to go out there and execute. It's on the players to wake up and go, you know, not sleepwalk. Because if you sleepwalk in Tempe, although they are a little inept on defense, they're also playing Michigan State in Spartyland, and they're really good on defense, and they always are. So I'd like to think that, you know, that we can carry the momentum of beating Arizona State into Tempe. But, you know, the last time we were there, we blew a two or three touchdown lead, if I remember correctly, when we wore the All Blacks and they wore the Tillman jerseys. And this is a nice little rivalry in the South. We seem to play at the beginning of the Pac-12 schedule every year, first or second game. And it's going to be hot in the desert. And, you know, the Buffs have a lot to prove. And so does so do the Forks. They've got, you know, Benjamin's a great player. Cole Cabral, their center, is probably a first-day pick. First or second round draft pick, in my opinion, he's one of the best in the business. He's going to he's going to be you know the reason they win or lose, in my opinion, controlling the line of scrimmage, blocking Mustafa Johnson. Um, but they're they're new to the ranks of of the unbeaten and being ranked two. They're ranked twenty fourth, so now they have to live up to their ranking, just as CU has to live up to you know being two and one and an overtime win over Nebraska. It's the first time they've ever had back to back overtime games at Folsom. Win one, lose one. If you're going to go 2-1 and one in conference, this is the way I would have liked it to go. I'm not going to lie. You beat CSU, which is a must. You don't want to lose to them. That's bad, especially when they're bad. And then you beat Nebraska in overtime. I'll take it. If you tell me we have to go 2-1, and one, this is the way that I would have preferred it. So learn from this. Thankfully, you don't have to play an option team again. Next time, let's schedule like North Dakota State Tech Teachers College for the Blind or some stupid shit and not air force uh but but it is a teachable moment and this is something you're going to hear me talk about a lot today teachable moments so it's a teachable moment i know mel tucker and coach cap and coach shiv and all the great coaches up there in boulder will get these guys right and it's going to be a fucking dog fight in the desert for real because i think people understand that there's blood in the water in the south the south is wide ass open and if anybody wants to come fuck with oregon or or washington for the north you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ride and win in Tempe. So we'll see how it goes. They've got a lot to improve on off the Air Force game, and I think they will. They're still they've got a good mixture of youth and vets. The vets have got to figure out why we're starting so slow, and the youth have got to you know that youthful exuberance. They've got to bring it every day, and everybody's got to have fun at practice. But we've got to get better. We've got to hold each other accountable, but still be able to be teammates. And I think that this this team is set up with good leaders that know what it's like to win five in a row and be ranked and they know what it's like to lose seven in a row and and get shit on and have everybody say that you can't do it so this is a bull team and i do think that they're going to be in contention for the south as we play on and i'm telling you this game in in uh, tempe is about as big as it gets and this is how you create rivalries in the pac-12 you play big games that mean something and it this one's huge especially after beating them last year in Folsom. all right so we'll move on from the bus remember our our sponsor 10th and uni Check them out at 10thanyuni.com, and the promo code is BUFFCLUB, and they'll get you hooked up. It's unbelievably clean-ass Buffalo gear. I wear it damn near every day, uh, and I encourage everybody to check them out, 10thanyuni.com. All right, so moving into NFL Sunday. 
I, uh, I'm not going to talk about every game because I don't really give a shit about every game. Um, the Patriots dynasty is at full force. The Dolphins are awful. And I don't mean bad. I mean really fucking bad. Okay? Terrible. If this is the way that football is going, I mean, look, today alone, Jalen Ramsey's d- demanded a trade. Jamal Adams has unfollowed the Jets on Twitter and Instagram, and he wants out of New York because he thinks they're a bunch of losers. All the young talent in the NFL is copying the NBA model and saying, I don't want to play for bad franchises. I want to go somewhere and win. I don't care if we have to stack the deck to do it. I want to ring. And they're not dumb. They're not wrong. It's just never been done in the NFL. They just watched Antonio Brown pretty much bitch his way out of Oakland, regardless of the accusations against him. It doesn't matter. He's in, he's in New, New England now catching touchdowns from the greatest quarterback ever, and the fucking guy's going to be a Hall of Famer one day, and I guarantee you he gets a ring or two at the path that New England's going. Who's going to step in front of that fucking freight train right now? No one. They're dismantling people. They got the number one defense in football after two weeks, and I know they played the, the Steelers and the Dolphins, but no one knew the Steelers were, all, you know, were what they are now then, if that makes sense. Speaking of the Steelers, what do you expect, really, when you get rid of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell in back-to-back years? You think you're going to get better? Juju Smith-Schuster's a good player, but he's not A.B. And James Conner's a good player, but he's not Le'Veon. You can't lose two of the best players in the history of your franchise. That's right, history of your franchise. Two all-time great players especially in today's era, and expect to get better. Now Roethlisberger's out. You play Mason Rudolph. We'll see what happens there. I can't imagine Pittsburgh thinks they're making the playoffs. 12% of 0-2 teams make it. So you do the fucking math. Lamar Jackson seems like he's got his shit together. Uh, He just went for 120 rushing and over like 300 passing against, I know it's the Cardinals, but still, it's an NFL football team. Um, Baltimore looks like they're the best team in that division, head and shoulders. But Cleveland's close. But again, I don't know how close. I watched Greg Williams last night really fuck with Baker Mayfield. Really, really mess with him. And I, I think Baker can learn from it, but we'll see. You know, the Jets are a bad football team. You, you, your, your quarterback is making out with people, apparently, because he's got fucking mono. He, you know... I thought mono was a 12-year-old disease. Like, the first time you make out with your girlfriend, you get mononucleosis. Not when you're the starting quarterback for the Jets, but he is, like, 17 years old anyway, so who gives a shit? Trevor Simeon got absolutely murked last night. I mean, that was... I'm not going to say it was dirty, because that's the way that football used to be played, and those seemed like good, clean hits to me, like shoulder driving the guy into the ground. Personally, I think that the the penalties are up right now, and it's costing people football games. No one knows how to hit anymore. I mean, we'll talk about the penalties in the Bronco game here in a minute, but it's getting fucking ridiculous in my opinion. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know how to fix the problem, man. I don't know how you tell somebody that's been taught a certain way their whole life and told that that's the way you get scholarships, that's the way you get to the NFL, that's the way you get on the field, so on and so forth, and now you want them to not hit? Those, those, those hits weren't dirty. Those were clean-ass hits by Miles Garrett last night. They just happened to lead to somebody breaking their leg. That's what football is. Are we trying to keep everybody healthy? It's not going to happen. People are still getting hurt because now we're going half speed because everybody's thinking about not getting fucking penalties because every time you breathe on somebody wrong in this game now, it's a flag. I don't know how to fix it. Holding penalties are up like 60% because of the point of emphasis from defensive coaches. I think it's defensive coaches complaining to the league because they can't do shit, so they're going to get the holding penalties up. 
And you know what? If every game is going to be who can avoid penalties enough to win, that sucks, man. That's not what I want to watch. This isn't fun for me. You know, breaking down five holding penalties from Garrett Bowles on Twitter and getting bitched at by everybody because they think I'm taking shots at him isn't fucking fun. I'd much rather him just figure out how to do the position correctly so I don't have to criticize him constantly. What do you want me to do? Cover up my eyes when I watch the game and guess? I can't read Braille to see if the Broncos are winning and hope that 72 doesn't get a holding penalty so I don't have to criticize it. I mean, Jesus, man. I know the penalties are up, but they're still avoidable. I don't see Jason Peters getting five penalties in one game. So there's ways around this, but it's gotta be, there's got to be some consistency as well. And the refs are costing people games. It's, it's, the, the quality of play is down because of it. I think that fans are really, really concerned and kind of fed up with it. And people on social media, I mean, I know that that's the mob, but still, they got a point. I mean, it's really, it's bad for the game. I don't, I don't think it's good for the game. I think it's bad. I think it's, it's destroying the fabric of football. When you're Bradley Chubb, what are you supposed to do? I mean, Floyd in that game, he, had a, he tackled the quarterback the wrong way and got a personal foul. Goldman got a personal foul for tackling the quarterback. Chubb got a personal foul for tackling the quarterback. Bowles got a holding for tackling a defensive lineman, but that's another story. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things on NFL Sunday and week two that we can get into. I'm not going to get into all of them because I don't give a shit. I'm here to talk to you about the Buffs and pretty much the Broncos and whatever else is on my mind. And that's what's happening. So we'll get straight into Denver. They lose to the Bears, as everyone knows. Um, the refs were god-awful. I mean, some of the worst refereeing I've ever seen, but it's also some of the worst play I've seen at left tackle in a long time as well, and that's saying something. I want to also say something real quick. I also want to say, you know, a couple of things. Number one, you can't get mad at me as a player or a fan when I put five videos up of 72 getting holding penalties and I put one video up of a protection issue where it may be Reisner, it may be McGovern, it might be the back, I don't know. I'm asking if it's sword, if it's slide. I don't like A-gap blitzers hitting Flacco in the face. So there, there's got to be some, some it's got to be even. You can't, you can't like the constructive criticism that we give one player and then dog the constructive criticism we give scheme or another. And, you know, after talking with Dalton, we figured out it was scheme. And, yeah, this, the, the back's supposed to have him and squeeze rules and the gun. And, you know, it helped me. So this is why I say it's a teachable moment. Even I'm learning. That's the point. I'm a little surprised that they said anything whatsoever on social media. In the future, as a player, you probably shouldn't respond to the media on social media. That's all I'm saying. But you've got to have, I try and be as fair as possible. If 72 is going to get it, everyone's going to. And there were also a ton of good things that happened in that game. A ton. So we try and shower praise when it's needed. And we also try and constructively criticize things that we see so we can give all the fans and everybody watching a little bit more edge when they're talking ball. And all I hear is good stuff on social media, so it can't be both ways. We're not trying to be overly aggressive and hard on guys, but at the same time, the same time, we're not blind. I can only not see in one eye. The right eye works fine. So I can't put up five, five of bulls and then not 
do, you know, not criticize the scheme in, in this circumstance or the play in that. It's, you know, it, it's what football is. It's what it is. It's how do you take constructive criticism? Are you learning from losing or are you a loser? And I don't think the Broncos are full of losers. I think they're full of guys that want to learn from mistakes and get better, and they will. I truly believe they will. The problem at left tackle is what we're going to address first. Five holding penalties. I don't know if anybody could get away with that, any other player on the team. Maybe Vaughn could do five offsides, but I bet you he would still get taken out. In fact, if I remember correctly, in the Vance Joseph era, I'm pretty sure that he jumped off sides two or three times in one game against the Jets, maybe, and they pulled him out of the game. So I guess I can go with the we don't have anybody else to play rationale and we're going to ride with Garrett and we think he can get better. Uh, okay, I'll go with that. I guess I'll listen to it, but I, I, I'm having a really hard time understanding how you can rationalize this to a 15-year veteran in Joe Flacco. I understand that there's other guys on the offensive line that couldn't play like this and keep their job. And I don't know why Bulls gets to other than he's a first rounder. The fact that saying there's nobody else out there that can do this is not, I'm not, I, I just said I was going to go for it, but the more I think about it, I can't go. You can go find somebody else out there that can do this. Brandon Albert's available. I think, I don't know. There's gotta be, you gotta kick the tires on somebody out there and at least bring them in. So at least you're showing him on Tuesday, you're bringing in somebody that could potentially take his job to light a fire because listening to him after the game, listening to his comments that are posted all over social media, talking about how the refs seem to have it out for him and he doesn't agree with the calls and he's going to stay as aggressive as he is. And, you know, he's going to try and change things with coach Munchuk. It's Munch, it's Munchak. It's Mun, not Munchuk, it's Munchak. Munchak. The Hall of Fame offensive line coach's name is Munchak, not Munchuk. I'm just saying, it, it doesn't seem to me like he understands that there's an actual issue. He thinks that what he's doing is okay. And I, I don't really know what to say about that. So from a mentality standpoint, I don't think like Garrett Bowles, so I, I, can't, really, I can't really sit here and, and tell you why he thinks the way he does. I know that he's costing the team he cost him 50 yards the other day and if I'm Green Bay all I'm telling my guys is to get up the field and turn the corner and he'll grab you or like peak if I'm a defensive lineman I'm going to bait bulls into holding penalties at this point because he just told me he's not going to change and he's going to remain as aggressive as he is and he's going to keep doing what he's doing so if he's going to keep doing what he's doing I'm just going to bait the shit out of him the whole time and get a couple holding penalties they're not going to take him out Uh, it's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to watch. It's very frustrating to hear the the things that you hear sometimes, and and then you know sit here and be like, oh well, they're doing the right thing over there. I don't understand what they're doing with Garrett Bowles, man. They've got to figure this kid out. And if I, I'll go back to Joe Flacco here, if I'm Joe Flacco, I'm concerned about my future here. In the first two weeks, he's been getting smacked pretty hard. And he's got a left tackle that's a liability with five holding penalties. I mean, what? If you're Joe, what do you think? You're a solidified veteran MVP of a Super Bowl. You've been in a pretty damn good, uh, you know, franchise in Baltimore where you're always winning. You played behind some pretty good offensive lines that that won you Super Bowl. That you were part of one that won a Super Bowl. 
You know what good players look like. If you're Joe Flacco, what do you say to coach? I mean, I know you want to remain positive, but he's in his 30s, and if he gets hit too hard, he's going to evaporate, man. I mean, he's getting crushed. We've got to fix this. And the main corporate is 72. So I don't know, I don't know how you convince Garrett that he needs to improve without crushing him mentally because I think that any kind of harshness, and I don't think he's going to take it the right way. I just don't think he's wired that way. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just some scrub media member that runs a gym. What the fuck do I know? But I'm telling you, I've been around some really good players at that position from Jake Long to DeBrooke Shaw Ferguson to Ryan Clady, and they're all different mentally. They all know that they're really good, but they're also working to be better every day. They're not, they have the mentality where they know they're good, but they don't necessarily think they're the best. They, and because of that, they're always striving to get better. And, you know, I remember talking to Jake Long, the number one pick in the draft in Miami when I was down there. We were running the Wildcat. And we were talking about some of the different looks we were going to get from the Seahawks or some shit, whoever we were playing. And I remember asking him, like, you know, Jake, how do you how, – how do you feel when you put $50 million in the bank, dude? Did you get complacent? And he said, no, then I could just focus on being the best player in the world at my position. And he had to deal with some injuries in his career, and it all didn't work out for Jake the way he wanted to. But he was a good pro for Miami for a long time. Really good player. Really good player. I mean, a beast of an a athlete and a really good football player. Really cared. And just listening to him say something like that, it stuck with me even to the day. When you work with certain guys day in and day out, and you see the work ethic that they put in to get better and improve, and then other guys don't do it, that, it it's a red flag for me. I don't know what you do with Garrett Bowles other than this. When Juwan James gets Juwan James comes back, either he's playing left tackle or Elijah is. And right now Bowles has got like maybe three weeks to tell to prove that he's that guy. So if you want to chalk Sunday up to being terrible and you want to chalk uh or, or or the refs and you want to chalk Monday night and that fiasco up to being the first game and getting the jitters out, okay. Then what are we gonna see week three in Lambeau, Garrett? And that's the next point here. Week three in Lambeau. Week three in Lambeau is going to be a war, okay? It's going to be a really hard-fought, good football game where, where I think the Broncos have a chance to be competitive, but I don't, I'm not going to pick them to win against a 2-0 team that's really figuring it out. And Aaron Rodgers is back there clean. And, you know, talking to Billy Turner, they're – Thinking positively. They just went out and shelled Minnesota. Shelled them. You know, and I'm starting to break down the Packers right now. They're up 14-0 here at the end of the first. They're taking it to Kirk Cousins defensively. The new odd front that Mike Pettit has put in there at Green Bay is really working. The outside linebackers are very, very aggressive and extremely explosive and active up the field. And that's what gives Garrett the most problems, to be completely honest with you. So, you know, if I'm watching the tape from Sunday – the Broncos have a lot of things they do well. I thought Flacco was extremely e efficient and did a really good job with the line of scrimmage, changing up a lot of the plays. I love the sushi call in the first half to get Lindsey out on a play fake to get a first down. I love how he was checking the ball down to his tight ends and his backs consistently to get first downs, marching down the field, high completion percentage. 
The, the, the ball to Emmanuel in the corner was a dime. I think Joe, if you can pr- protect him and get some turnovers and maybe put him in position to be successful a couple of times, I think Flacco's going to be a really, really good pickup for the Broncos and a damn good player. You get Lindsey and Freeman going 1-2 and we can get some consistency without holding penalties and setbacks. I think that this offensive football team can move forward in a hurry. I really do. But I don't think if going to Green Bay and going to Lambeau a week after they beat Minnesota, knowing they can go 3-0 and and really get ahead of steam in their division, I think that this is, going to, this is a tough one. This is a tough game. It's a tough game to go win. And I damn, I hope they win. I hope they go to Lambeau and ball. I hope Bowles, is, I hope Bowles goes out there and plays like fucking Orlando Pace. I hope they run for 300 yards. I'm far from a Bronco hater. I want them to all be successful. I just... I think that it's a tough matchup. That's all. I think it's going to be loud. The communication issues are going to be there. It's not going to be like Oakland, although that was pretty loud too. Lambeau's a special place. If you've never played there or been there, I encourage you to go. It's special. You know, I, I was very encouraged by Elijah Wilkinson last week. I was very encouraged by Dalton Reisner. I, was, I thought Reisner played really well for his second start. I thought McGovern was excellent again. I thought Ron Leary, although he had a couple of instances the holding penalty I don't agree with I think that that it, it, he did turn him but I think some of it is Trevathan also turning knowing you can get a call I, I don't know the other penalty on Ron was on Garrett I think that Ron takes a lot of flack but I also saw him man some guys up at the point of attack and really be the catalyst in a lot of that front side run game with Dalton pulling I will say this about 60, if you don't figure out a way to lock down McGovern and, and get this man paid, he's going to hit the free agent market and you're not going to afford him. So I'd be talking to him now and they're not. So I, I would be, but they're not. So I'd imagine 60 will hit free agency, which sucks. Um, do you play Austin Schlotman? I mean, he worked his ass off. He He's a guy that I think definitely could handle it and go in there and play well. I would definitely give him an opportunity. 100%. But again, where where does that opportunity come from? Um, and then when you're looking at a 2-0 and Green Bay team and what they've gone through the last couple of years, now they're pulling out of it with a new coach. Denver seems to be falling back into it with a new coach. And I, it's two teams headed in the wrong direction. Defensively, I'd like to think Denver could put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but they also ran the ball like 30 times for a buck 60 or something last week. Aaron Jones was awesome in the screen game and on the ground. So this is a game where Green Bay is going to look at it as, you know, it's an opportunity for them to play against great players on the edges. Bakhtiari and Bulaga, Billy Turner, you know, the the guys on that offensive line, I guarantee you Billy's sitting there just dissecting what everybody does day in and day out. He knows them well. Bakhtiari is one of the best in the business, did really good against Khalil Mack. Bilaga's a good player, but he kind of struggled a little bit. I'd like to think that that we can get consistent pressure and cause turnovers on Aaron Rodgers and, and that offensive football team, but we haven't hit the quarterback really at all this year, and we haven't cre- caused any turnovers yet either, and it's concerning to me. I'm, I'm damn concerned. So I'd like to think that it will get straightened out, but a 0-3 hole with Jacksonville coming in probably at 0-3 as well. They play on Thursday night. I'll definitely be watching that one, trying to get some pointers on how Jacksonville plays. It's not like Jacksonville doesn't have any talent. They don't have a quarterback. You know, the, the Broncos are a couple plays away from being 2-0. The problem is now they're playing 2-0 Green Bay, 
And then if we're sitting at 0-3 and Jacksonville's sitting at 0-3 after they lose to Tennessee on Thursday night, which team is going to play more pissed off on that coming Sunday with two 0-3 teams that are actually pretty good, that have a ton of talent on them? So this is how fickle the NFL is, man. It's, it's a one-point loss, and the world is over. You know, we're 0-2. But if we were 1-1 and after a one-point win, it, you know, things would be looking up, and we'd be talking about this team being a playoff team if they can figure out how to solve some of their problems. Look, you're not going to get through a football season without criticism. You're not going to get through a a meeting without a coach saying something you don't like. You're not going to get through a newspaper article without a media member saying something that pisses you off. As players, I, I don't know, I'd be real careful about even reading the newspaper or looking at social media, but that's just me. As a media member, I think that there's a lot of people that don't shine enough of a light on how hard it is to do this job and at being a player that is and some of the things that people assume like that blitz pickup look where they you know they're an odd and the linebacker runs by Reisner people are asking me well why isn't Dalton picking him up Dalton's fanning to 96 and 94 that's on the back but people don't know that. They don't understand the little intricacies because I even screwed it up. I thought that Reisner would be sorting him, which is, means it's a space call. So I've got the backer to the edge guy, and we've also got to figure out the big dude in the middle. So I'm going 94 to 58, and 96 is in the middle of them. So the left tackle and I are sorting space between these three. So if it's not a sort call and the back has to step up, well, no one knows that out there in the world. That's why I do the videos for people. So people can get as pissed off as they want at me. I'm just an ex-ball player trying to give some of my knowledge back to the community here that follow on Twitter. I'm not trying to piss everybody off. I mean, give me a fucking break with this. What do you want me to do? Oh, yeah, it was great. 72, I can roast him for five video clips and no one says shit, but... I give any kind of salt whatsoever to bad scheme and ask a question, and I'm the Antichrist. I mean, give me a fucking break. Everybody's criticizable, myself included. I don't even think that's a fucking word. No one's immune to criticism. How's that sound? Okay? And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to apologize. I'm sorry. It was the back. It is what it is. Broncos Packers. It's going to be a dogfight. There's no way that Denver's going to lay down, not with Vic Fangio as the coach and not with the defensive guys they have. They're going to play at an insane level defensively because they know that they can't fall 0-3, but I don't foresee them winning the game. So I'm going to take the Packers. I'm, you know, reluctantly. I don't want them to win, but shit, man. It's going to be hard for me to pick against Green Bay in Green Bay against an 0-2 Denver team that's trying to figure it out. And I'm praying that Garrett Bowles has a good week and there's no issues and we can actually do some videos of him dominating somebody and locking him down. Um, I think it's another opportunity for the young offensive line, Phil Lindsay and Freeman and Flacco, to all gel and move forward together. It's another opportunity for Ron Leary to be the leader he is and get these guys moving uh, all in the right direction, you know, and kind of calm down the, the anxiety level that I know everyone feels owing to. The fans feel it, the coaches feel it, the players feel it, everyone feels it at 0-2. 
So there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but I do believe in the men in that locker room that they will get fixed. So it is what it is. I guess we will soon see. All right. So remember, you can check out the gym at 60strength.com. If you're a parent of a young athlete out there and you are looking for some guidance and some help with recruiting, that's what we do. Uh, this is a full-blown college football recruiting service, and we are good at it. So check us out at 60strength.com or at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, this is going to be on at BSN Unchained at the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Thank you to Andre and everybody back at the shop for cutting this up and doing it right. Uh, this is episode 47 of McChesney Unchained, and I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you for listening, folks. Go Buffs, go Broncos, get big wins in Tempe and in Lambeau. We will be back next week to wrap those up and talk about the following. Thank you very much, folks. Episode 47 is a wrap.